0: I am so excited to bring back our clubhouse expert Annabelle who was on our podcast recently and we talked about all things clubhouse and what that looks like on the inside and how you can strategically use clubhouse but there has been some updates clubs are now open for everyone so Annabelle and I are going to dive into how we can create clubs and use them for our business so Annabelle welcome back to the podcast. Hi there. I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm the host of The Gold Digger Podcast, and I'm so excited that you're hearing me right now because that means that I get to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Hagen, and her podcast, The Busy Years. Michelle is a mama on a mission dedicated to inspire other women to chase their dreams and their passions no matter what season of life they're in and I've gotten the privilege to mentor and coach Michelle. She was one of my top 10 students in my community of over a thousand women, and she helped lead and inspire other mamas just like you. And now you, my friend, you get a front row seat. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Hi, I'm Michelle, a sales and profitability strategist, mentor, and captain of your cheering squad. But most importantly, I'm a Midwest wife and mama to two spirited boys, and I'm a lover of learning, family vacations, and nap time. I built my business between the moments of motherhood, and I know that you can do it too. Being a mama is hard, and no one should have to do it alone. That's why I'm bringing women together to share their stories of motherhood, business, and blessings. So grab your coffee, wash your dishes, hey, even take a shower. Because we can do this, friend, in the middle of motherhood. You're listening to the Busy Years podcast where motherhood and business meet. Come tired, leave inspired.
1: Thanks for having me. How fun! I
0: know. I was like two repeat guests in a row. This is like, look at it's like we said last week. It's like new level status when you get repeat guests.
1: I know. Well, when things are happening really quickly, you got to get the news out fast. So that's why we're here to make sure everyone knows what's up on Clubhouse.
0: Yes, and it has. And just before we hopped on, Annabelle and I were talking about. I took a little step back from Clubhouse for a while in January, and I got back in. I was like, holy cow, lots of things have changed. So I would love to point out for people, if you take a break from Clubhouse and you go in and you're like, what's going on and what are the updates – If you go into the system preferences, it's all there and it's all there by date. So you could sit there and read back from when you last were in Clubhouse to what is the newest update and what's going on. They have all those notes for you inside the system preferences that I think that people don't know is there. But let's dive into clubs. So clubs are no longer like the secret backdoor passageway to gain access. It's open for anyone and everyone to now have a club club. Um, So Annabelle, why don't you just kind of walk people through what's the best way of setting up your club and how do we get access to that?
1: Yes. So clubs are available for in-app setup for anyone that's been active on the app. So the things that they really look for are that you've spoken in rooms, you've listened to some rooms, you've been on the app for a little while, then you can just start a club. And you know what, you could start two clubs. But I think it's a decision to be really thoughtful about before you dive in. So um, before they, you know, the day that they launched clubs, there used to be a different algorithm, they changed it overnight, because they realized so before it used to be alphabetical order. So whatever you named your club, you would just come up on the list from A to Z. So you know, I went for like, one that was like gonna rank really high based on keyword search. But guess what, it's not like that anymore. They changed it the next day. So here are the things to really think about. Which is actually making me redefine my club strategy because I thought, oh great, I, I could be fine by search. It would be like really broad. Great. Um, they really want clubs that are going to be active, are going to have a lot of followers, and are going to be um, really attractive to people. So, I think that the ones that are kind of branded or really broad, but like the person that's running them is like really ambitious. So like I'm in one club and the guy's like, my goal is to have 24 seven programming in this club. Like he's super ambitious and his club is just growing like crazy because he's getting big names and celebrities to come in his club. He's like um, getting like basically tons of other moderators to basically run his club 24 seven. So the people who are super ambitious are going to win the club game. And so when you're thinking about if you want a club, really think about if you want to be ambitious, because it really takes a certain type of personality. And we can talk about like, if, if you should or should not like what that could maybe look like and where you could fit into all this club gaming, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? But I have noticed that Um, A lot of people who have been attaching their club with their brand, um, it's been very exciting for them to run their rooms under there. It's been very brand aligned. And the ones that are bringing communities together to talk about things like technology or self-care or spirituality or meditation, like that type of thing, um, it's available to have programming. So I think that that's like something to really think about. If you're going to be just a lone ranger, um, you might not necessarily need a club. And so those are some of the things we're going to talk about today.
0: Yes. And like, that's just a whole lot in one. So let's dissect everything you talked about. So let's first say, what is a club? And why do we need a club? Or do we not need a club? Kind of how you mentioned some people, a club is not going to be for everyone. So what is a club? And who is it for?
1: Yeah, so a club is basically just a place to put people who are like minded about a certain topic together. So Clubhouse explains it like it could be a talk show like, you know, a regular show that you're having that you're bringing the same people with the same interest together. It can be a community. So maybe like how you would see a membership or a Facebook group in another, you know, place. Um, or it could be a brand, a brand that's really trying to show everything that's under their brand under one umbrella so that people start to get brand recognition. And so those are kind of the three things that clubs could be, Um, you know, people are recreating things as well. But really think about like, why am I bringing people together? And that will guide you with you know what a club is for. Club is like the same as community in my mind.
0: Mm, that's great. Okay, so how do we go about creating the club? If we decide like, okay, I fit into those, I wanna be able to bring a community together. Um, what is the first step in creating a club?
1: Yeah, so you wanna double check that you uh, that you have access to it. So if you have the most updated version of the app, You can go to your profile and scroll down to the bottom past your bio, right where all of the clubs that you're currently in are. And in the member of section, you just scroll to the right and there's going to be a plus sign. And when you click on the plus sign, it will tell you that you are eligible and there'll be a form where you can just start building out your club or it will tell you that you're ineligible. And that means that you need to be a little bit more active on the, on the app. So um, just make sure that you have access. And if you have access, Maybe have like the name of your club written down because once you put that name in, you cannot change it. So have that kind of planned out before you go press that plus button. Um, and yeah. And then, you know, it says that you could do two clubs a month. So you could start with two, mm. then you could have more. So if you're doing like that, I want to put my different shows under different clubs mentality, or if you like, maybe want to do a location specific club or a branded club, and, like, talk about two different things, you can just realize that you might want to have partners for that because that's a lot of programming for one person. So when you go into it, really think about, like, could I get other people to help me grow this? Because otherwise it might make more sense for me just to open rooms about this Mm -hmm. particular subject and and have it kind of just open to the hallway.
0: Right, or open the rooms under other people's clubs. Mm -hmm. I know one thing that I did um, before I started – the podcast, the club for the podcast, which is going to be the new podcast game name. So, which is not announced yet, but if you're lucky and you go in the show notes of this and find the club, you will know what the new podcast name is going to be. Um, but what I did was I went and searched to see if anyone else had a club even remotely close to that name so I could figure out what were the best words. To use in that. Um, can we talk? Let's talk a little bit about that. Cause I know that you and I were in a clubhouse room before and we were, the pe- people were talking about the names of clubs and how there can be repeat names. Um, and how do you make yourself stand out? Um, will they eventually say only one person can have that name? That hasn't really quite come out yet, I don't think.
1: Yeah. So um, in town hall, they said that they would like everybody to have names so that it would discourage name squatting so like they would say like if, if i want to have a club name one thing someone else could name the club the same exact thing and the way that i would win in the club race is if i had a more active club with more followers and so this is what i'm saying it's like you kind of have to be ambitious because otherwise you might not rank right um mm-hmm. i do like i do think it's like really weird that they would let two clubs be named the exact same thing because that's just kind of confusing. Like, you know what I mean? At the same time, I don't think that people should be like squatting on people's branded club names either. So, (laughs) so, you know, I, I'm not going to say that I know the right answers. Clubhouse is going to do whatever they choose to do. They said that we could all have, you know, the, like the same names. (laughs) So I would say that you should pick something that you like, as far as a name, like I do think do a keyword search, go check Facebook, see what, you know, clubs and groups or Facebook groups are doing really well and what types of like titles are doing well and make sure they're not trademarked. Like that's like number one. I think of all of this, make sure that your name is not trademarked because guess what? As soon as that brand gets on Clubhouse, they're going to notice your club and they're going to tell Clubhouse to change your name. And that happened to one person and they just changed her name to something else. They didn't even ask her what she wanted her club to be named, but because of that legal issue, they just had to change it. So mm. you lose a little bit of power so just make sure that your club's not trademarked. Um, and, you know, so I don't know. There's a lot of things that kind of go into it. But I would say that, like, you want to be proud when you're in a room kind of saying, like, this is my club. This is what it's called. Like, you want to really feel good about that because that's how you're going to get ultimately people to join your club. Is if you feel like you could bring people in to create rooms, create programming, create space around a topic that's, you know, Kind of broad enough and you're really proud about it and it aligns with the things you're talking about because you're gonna want to be doing a lot of rooms in that club. So hopefully you have a lot to talk about about it. So yeah, that's kind of some things to think about as you're going down the club journey.
0: Yeah. And then one of the first things you have to do when you first create a club is the bio piece is right there. Um so I'd love for you to touch on that because are the bios, is it just like our um, clubhouse bios where they're searchable and there's a strategy behind your bio, which people can find that in my bio builder that I've put out. But is that the same thing in our clubhouse bios? What should we be including in there?
1: Oh, like in the club bio. Um, So I think that you should put in what the club is for, like who, like what type of members you're trying to attract. Because that shows up in keyword search. So, you know, if we're going to say something like women's business groups or something like that, that's how that's a secondary way of ranking, right? You have your club name and then you have what's in your description. And so make sure that, you know, the who and the how are all there. List out your regular rooms and programming so people know, like, what to mark their calendars off for. Um, you have a rules section where you can put, like, how people can, you know, start to open rooms in your club, who you're looking for. And I would put like to some sort of call to action to follow you, the club owner, because what you want is, you know, you want to have traffic that's coming from all of your rooms and you to the club, but also from the keyword search to, to the club to you, right? Because you want to be able to grow as people are just finding your club, especially if it gets more popular. And if someone else is hosting a room in your club, you want people to know that that club belongs to you. So as they go and they become a member, if you have a call to action for them to then follow, you know the first person that's listed, which is going to be you, then they're going to be able to know exactly who to follow, who to contact if they want to do something under the club or have any issues with the club, questions about the club, that type of thing. Um, so yeah, I think that's what's most important to put in there is like who it's for, how it's helping people, like your vision for the community, what the regular programming is, and then um, you know how to become a member and who to follow, you know that the creators of the club. So, yeah, that's that's what I would think you would add.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what about once we have like the club created and it's there, how do we I, you mentioned in there like do you let people open a club under or open a room underneath your club or sometimes some clubs only people who are in the club can start a room and there's followers. So, let's kind of touch on that and kind of how you distinguish who's allowed to open a room in your club.
1: Yeah. So members versus followers and who's allowed to open a room in your club. This is like probably the most commonly asked questions. I think most of us can kind of figure out what a title we might be interested in and get it going and like that type mm-hmm. of thing. But it's like, now what do I do? Do I let it be a free for all? Do I like become really selective? And this really um, comes down to how much your reputation matters to you because this is your club, right? So if your club is your literal brand name, I would be highly selective of who is going to be opening up rooms in my club. And just also know that if you're using a branded club strategy, it's going to be harder to grow because you won't be able to have that additional programming. But you'd be bringing in like special guests and celebrities and kinds of things like that. And So there is ways to grow it, um, but it's growing in alignment with your personal brand. So that's something to really think about. That's number one. Um, Number two is people who are creating what we call like a club squad where like they have regular programming but it's all through like discussion like i'll get on a zoom call with you i'll get to know you i'll understand your topic i'll maybe listen into you doing the room solo before i let you do it in my club like there's a level of like qualification but once you pass that qualification you are free to run that every single week and we're basically building the club together as partners and then there's a little bit more of an open strategy which i think is really appropriate for broad clubs like if you're doing like women entrepreneurs women in business you know just like really really broad club I think that it's like not going to be reputation damaging if more people are able to host rooms in the club I think that that's kind of just making sure that the topics are aligned so you know this is another thing you could put in your club bio is like what topics do you want people to talk about in your club like you know what I mean so some people even have like certain days of the week like money monday you know tough topic tuesday or whatever you just come up with your little you know your things of approved topics that people could talk about in your club and then you give them permission to then open it up but here's the thing so there's members and followers so followers are basically just like people who are interested in the topic but they're not interested in hosting rooms in the club and they don't really have access to it like they wouldn't be able to do that Um, but they could follow along. And you have the ability to move a follower to a member, but they can't make themselves one. So they would need to ask you if they want to host rooms under your club. But anyone that's a member, if you have the toggle on that says that members can open rooms, they can open up rooms in your club, but it's going to be exclusive to that club. Unless you as the club owner or an admin go in and change the settings so that they can actually open it up to the hallway, but branded under the club. So that's a little bit of, you know, things to think about. Now, you know, that being said, uh, you know, there's no benefit to then moving people from follower to member unless you think that they're going to be someone that you really want the club to be known by, like as a, a reputation thing, or someone that's going to be adding value and speaking in your club. So I know that when we all started our clubs, we all kind of went on like a member ad frenzy and we just added everyone as members, but actually it doesn't really make any sense. You, if you want people to be aware of the room, being a follower is enough, but the members I think should be, you know, kind of reserved because eventually there's going to be monetization of these things. And some people are already doing like third party monetization where they are making people pay to be members of the club and to host rooms underneath it. So
0: wow. is
1: already going on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard that there's a new clubhouse in town and I'm not talking about Mickey's. If you haven't heard of clubhouse girl, I got you you need to get your voice on clubhouse and be heard because it's about to get hot up in here and sister let me give you the lowdown clubhouse is a mix of instagram fun and the interaction of zoom only using your voice the best part is there's no makeup or hairspray needed just your voice and your passion I became an early Clubhouse adapter and have cracked the code of strategy when using Clubhouse. As a small entrepreneur, I've connected with big name companies and entrepreneurs because of Clubhouse and my Clubhouse strategy. I created the Clubhouse Bio Builder for you so that you can strategically write your bio and gain qualified followers. Head to the link in the show notes to get your BioBuilder today. Yeah. Okay. So let's back up because you talked about your like clubhouse squad. And we touched on this before that this is something that we didn't cover in the first episode, of because we were kind of in that kind of finding your people. Um, so what to to you, what does a clubhouse squad look like? What's the purpose of having kind of your group of people that you run the halls with? I guess you could
1: say, (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. Run the halls. Well, and that's kind of exactly what it is. So it's really funny because I had an experience very much like when I first got in Clubhouse the other day, because I was in a, a new club and the club owner hadn't opened the room. And so it was just like four or five of us, right. That like were in the club and interested in this. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this reminds me of when I first started on Clubhouse and I got the opportunity to not have a huge room and I got to really get to know people. And so many of those people have become my mod squad because, like, here we are going on the app, like, you know, at least three times a week, if not every single day of our lives, and you just tend to see the same people around, you know. So I think that, like, that really helped deepen those relationships at the very beginning, Um, but also when you're moderating on stage with someone, you are probably on an Instagram chat, too, and that's where the really funny conversations happen, you get to kind of see who is lighthearted, who has a similar vibe to you. I mean, of course you also see that on stage, but that's also kind of like, you know, just responding some of it's business, you know, that type of thing. But in the back, the back end, you get to see who really makes you feel good. So what I like to really think about like, who's going to be on my mod squad as people who are like really high vibe, people who are positive, treat people nice. I know that like my audience is going to be cared for, And now I added another qualification is treats clubhouse a little bit like a part of their job, because, you know, there's a lot of moderators that will be like, Oh, I'm just, you know, out farming, you know, or something like that. And it's like, okay, great. But that's affecting the sound quality of our room. That's affecting the experience. You know what I mean? So, so I've added like kind of qualifications of people that I, I put in my squad, but mostly it's just people that I feel friendly with. Um, But another thing to really think about, which I'm kind of going through this kind of refinement phase of like, I love everyone. Like I love everybody. I would love to be on a stage with many, many, many different people. At the same time, I'm running a business and I have a child at home and I have to like make sure that my time on clubhouse really matters. So now I'm kind of thinking, okay, I love everybody, but not everybody makes sense on every stage. And so now mm-hmm. you're like that, which is hard, it's tough because we've been really like kind of doing a free for all where it's like, we've got the life coach and the business coach and the person that does party planning and we're all just like on stages. And it's like, does that make sense for the audience? Are these the, mm-hmm. the room? And so now that I'm kind of really thinking about it as an event, right? As a virtual event that I want to bring like the best value, I want my rooms to have like a competitive edge, Right. I have to really think about how can I bring the best panel for the right conversation. And Mm. and that's tough because sometimes that means that you're leaving somebody in the audience that is your friend,
0: you know,
1: and that's super, super hard to do. And sometimes I'm just like, so weak. They come up anyway, they make no sense in the room. And I've I've gone on stages that are all about like brain science. And I'm like, I make no sense in this room. I don't know anything about brain science, but they pulled me up here and that felt kind of good. But, But when I really thought about it, I had to tell them, like, I actually, I want you to shine. I want you to shine for your space. I want you, I don't want to be cluttering up your stage. I want people to know exactly who they can ask a question to, because that's going to give them a better experience. And so, yeah, as you're choosing your mod squad, maybe if I were going to, like, reverse engineer this a little bit and not have a free-for-all, although that's very fun, I would maybe try to think about who are the best panelists to have the conversations for each room and start to really build that out for each of the conversations that I want to have. And then give yourself a little bit of freedom just to make other friends because there are great people on the app.
0: Yeah. Yes. That is such great advice. And it is. And it's one of those um, I've been kind of going through and talking about to some of my business friends. As like, you need a pack of people because, and it's not like, we're not talking like five people. I'm talking like 15 people that you run with. Because I mean, even if you look at like the Jenna Kutcher's and Amy Porterfield's when they get on and Brenda Bruchard, I'm just naming those because I know that those people run in a pack and I know they're all friends. Mm -hmm. They are all together and you know that they like know, like, and trust each other. And when you kind of have a pack like that, what I've noticed is it's so much easier for me to like boost my friends to know, hey, that person asked a question. I know you have an offer for that. And I know you're not going to offer it. So let me tee you up to say, hey, why don't you tell them about what you have? And that's, you know, kind of one of those things is kind of what I've noticed. And so I love how you mentioned, like, it's okay to leave some of your friends in the audience, even though it's hard, because you know, they have tons of wisdom and value. But I think it's also important as like your own speaker, like you said, to know, do I bring value to this room? Because I have been getting in some more just mom conversations rooms. And I'm at the point where I don't have little babies. Like it's a different stage. And I'm like, I don't have anything to add. There's no value for me to add here. So it's a waste of my precious clubhouse time to be in a room that you can't add value. So to go and to find those rooms where you can add value And when you have that squad, I think people start to also recognize like, oh, this is a legit room is kind of what it feels like to, I mean, you can kind of let me know what you feel about that. But I feel like when you see that group of people, you're like, oh, they all respect each other. They back each other. And it gives the room a little bit of just levels it up a little bit, I feel like.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that it does. It it definitely does. I think it also creates a little bit of a celebrity status is what I, I'm going to just say what it is. Like, I mean, there's actual celebrities doing this, and there's, like, 20 of them on a stage, and, like, they're actually celebrities. And there's, like, the clubhouse, like, up-and-coming celebrities that, like, have a lot of followers. But if you have, like, two, you're like, oh, my God. Like, they have so many followers, and they all hang out together. They all seem so close. And so people, like, will DM me and be like, oh, my gosh, I was in your guys' room. Thank you so much for answering my question. And, like, it's, like, kind of <laughs> – It's kind of like, it's so sweet, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure that two months ago, I was just like you and a regular person with two followers. So I remember exactly how you feel. And I don't want you to feel like just because I spent two months spending every day creating friendships that like, you're not as equal of a human being as I am. But there can be some like feeling of differentiation there. Right. Um, So I think that like, that's something that we need to be aware of as we're creating our packs is that. If they're going to be so tight, we are actually excluding potentially really great value adders, which I think is something that we need to be really aware of. Like one thing to like all work on a moderation and event methodology together, which I think is the benefit, right? The more you mod together with other people, the better the flow becomes. You don't have those weird things. You don't have people doing something really random that you actually didn't feel good. You guys can come up with a system together and it feels really great. But the other side is that, you know, maybe if you just like build it with everybody, there might be somebody else that you want to bring in that is actually like the number one world's expert in whatever it is. And they might feel really intimidated to be with a group of moderators that are so tight. So it's something to really think about Mm -hmm. to create some sort of flow in your moderation pack where it's not so tight that like you can still have other people come in. Mm -hmm. I think that that's important. Um. Yeah, and I think I had some other thoughts, but I forget what they are. So, ask me some
0: questions. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. So, you have been talking about your programming of your club. Dive into like what do you mean by that and what would a regular programming look for look like for someone having a club?
1: Yeah, so um I have seen and I have yet to do this is that daily shows do really really great. But that is right? That is submitted every day at 7am. I'm going to come and do a show. Like, you know what I mean? But they get it, they get kind of like what is a very regular following and they grow very well and um, that type of thing. Um, But I also think that it's like having a general consistency is going to help you whether or not you're in a club or not on clubhouse, because Mm -hmm. you kind of own your space in the hallway, like people, like, once you find that time that really works for you, you can pretty much have a good sense that like, you'll get like, this amount of people in the room, no matter who's moderating with you, like, you know, you'll just know that your regular people will come back. So mm-hmm. I think that that's a good idea. I also think that it's a good idea to kind of push yourself to have a certain amount of programming, because you want to show up in the hallway, like, um, Clubhouse has said this, they want active clubs. Um And also, like, to be honest with you, there's so many rooms going on between Monday and next Monday, that if you only do a room once a week, I might forget about you by next Monday, because there's so many clubs, there's so many rooms, there's so many people, you know what I mean? So you want to stay on top of mind, you want people to kind of think like, oh, this is like a professional thing. Um, Mm -hmm. At the same time, the opposite side of that, right? is like, if you are pushing yourself to put out more programming than is healthy for you, Some of your rooms are going to suck and then people are going to leave. And that's one of the things that they're measuring, too, is, like, the stickiness of the room. If people actually stick around for the conversation. So you want to make sure that you find your balance of programming of, like, you know, if it is once a week and you risk, you know, getting, you know, uh, forgotten, of, that might be better if it's really high quality than if you, like, try to do every single day and that's actually outside of your capacity. I think that that's something to really think about. Um, but also it's like, okay, well, maybe I'll make some goals for myself to have a room in my club every single day. So I'm in the hallway at least once a day, but then I can do Mondays and then I can try to find four other people to do the other days. Mm. And, and then you come and see and you, you know, based off this topic, who are people that I know of that might be able to speak on something regularly. And then you ask them if they want to do a regular show in your club. And so that's actually happened to me a lot. And I actually like love doing stuff in other people's clubs. Like, I love it. Like, <laughs> like, oh, you have something going on in your club? Let, let me go see. Let me go see what your audience is like. I love it. And so I think that this is like a whole nother thing to really think about. Is like, are you going to be a little bouncer going around from club, club to club offering programming and really expanding your reach to like all these different people who are like working super hard to build their club? So you could do a little bit of that and be like a speaker, right, you know, um, and creating programming for other people. And then maybe you then in your club have your very regular things. So
0: that's great. And okay. so I want to step back to you talked about like the stickiness of a room. And I know that this is something that we didn't talk about in the first episode. Um, And I think the stickiness of a room, I'd love to hear your feedback. But what I'm finding is it's like finding what works for you and keeps the people in the room for you. Like for me, it's if it's like Q&A rooms, I can keep people in the rooms. But if I get in a room where I have a moderate, one moderator who just keeps talking, it's so hard because on the back end, I'm like, please stop talking because you're talking too long and we're losing people. So what, what do you mean when you say the stickiness and what do you see that is working to keep rooms and keep people in the rooms?
1: Yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> you got me thinking about like, you know, the type of things that can get people to bounce out, right? The things that get people to leave really, really fast. And actually, you know, what's really interesting is that I've been having some DJs come into my room and I'm like,
0: oh, yes, I God,
1: love the one. I yeah. The attendance drops by like 20 people. Every time a DJ plays a song every single time. So when we, when we think about stickiness, and I'm like, oh, that's probably the moms with the baby sleeping. You know what I mean? I'm, like, trying to figure out, like, who's who's leaving when the DJ plays. Um, and when you reset the room, sometimes people people leave. So you don't want to be doing it too often. And so this is what I've started doing is I'm logging, like, in all of my rooms. So there's this app, um, not app, but, like, a Google, like, thing you can go to called direcon. It's it's an analytic thing where you can, like, measure how many people in your room and when they're leaving and that type of thing, you can also just kind of look and see like at the beginning of the room, I had this amount of people at my next reset. I have this amount of people. So you can do that. But, um, Diacon will actually tell you like the, how sticky your room was and it will give you a list of everyone that was in the room and how long they listened for. So mm. the most important metric to me is how long are people listening for? Is it 10 minutes? Is it 20 minutes? Who are those people? Who are the people that are coming in the room? And just leaving like I'm trying to like really like think about this a lot Um, and become more aware because I don't think I have it fully figured out. And when I do, I hope I'll have room magic. Right. You just keep (laughs) people in there the whole time. Um, But the nature of the app is that people can bounce around. Um, And I think that, yes, you are right. Like when people have a voice and there's variation in topic and it's not like too long on one thing. Like we have to think about we live in the age of social media where our attention spans are really short. Even the smart people that work on focus, their attention span is really short. So we have to kind of think about that as we're curating our room. So if you have somebody in your room that just like talks forever and like maybe it's actually not anything that the audience might be interested in. Like maybe they're not someone that you mod with regularly. Or if you have someone that like kind of sounds depressed. Like, you know, I'm sorry, it's their voice, but, but maybe they sound depressed and you notice that people are leaving your room, you might not have them on your stage anymore. Um, So that type of thing. Or like when people come on the stage and they trauma load, like, you know, and you can't really, ex- you know, like, it might be a Q&A and then somebody will like talk about like everything that's happening in trauma in their life. A lot of people leave rooms when that happens. So I think the goal is to kind of keep things moving a lo- along, keep things kind of fast paced, let people know what to expect and let people have a voice. And all of those things have led to more stickier rooms to me.
0: Mm, That's great. And that's great to know. And just to also remind people to keep the rooms like moving, because I know for me, There's some rooms where it's literally like the two or three people are just speaking and you can go in and listen to them. And I don't stay in those rooms, but I've had some friends who are like, well, I like that because it's like a podcast. So I'll stay in them. So I think it is really getting to know your audience and who is coming into your room to listen. Um, And that makes me sad that the people left with the DJ, I loved it. I felt like it like hops it up and kind of like gets you like, and I feel like it pulled me back in to be like, Oh, what are they talking about again? Because, you know, as a, when you're a passive listener, you're doing other things at the same time while you're listening, if you're not on. Um, And so that makes me sad, because I was like, Oh, that would be so fun. Yeah. I'm
1: still going to do it because it makes me feel good as a moderator and it kind of like refreshes my energy. And so, um, you know, people, people tend, the room tends to grow again after. So, you know, you just gotta, Mm -hmm. gotta keep going. So, and here's some other things too, to like maintain room size. I do think that that's when like pulling in your mod squad and having different people kind of come in, helps to refresh it in the hallway. So sometimes it's If you notice that like maybe after a reset, like your room has died a little bit, maybe you ping a couple of your friends and then you bring them up and that like helps like refresh the room, um, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. And so, yeah, you can, you can do that if you feel like your room numbers are dropping, but yeah, I mean, we're all figuring it out. We're all figuring it out. Yes, You see like 20 people on a stage, but here's the other thing that I wanted to mention about that and being on mod squads. Like it is great to always be on someone's squad, right? But when I look at the ratio of growth of people who are the lead moderator or the people in like the first row or the people that are given the most opportunity to talk to the people who are kind of like what I would call sub mods or like the standby mods, their growth is super slow. So even though they're on a stage, even though people see them regularly, even though people know them, even though they're speaking in the room, but they're not speaking for the majority of the time in my view, in the long run, that might be a little bit of a waste of their time. And mm-hmm. so even though it helps the head mods room, when there's like 20 mods, and like they get the benefit of like all that growth in the hallway, just be aware of you don't want to do that too much, like because you might not grow, you know, mm-hmm. know you, and you won't have the growth. And so I feel like you have to kind of put yourself in that head mod position sometimes, or at least in a place where you have a voice. And sometimes that's a smaller room with less mods, so that you can really start to stand out and get known for who you are and not for you as part of this group. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would love to know. So I mean, we do see those rooms that are just like full of mods. And sometimes I get out of them because I'm like, no, they're just here to just it's I don't like it because you can't see anyone else in the room but if you get asked to be on the stage are people asking you like hey you're a sub mod we don't really want you to talk we just want you to sit here or do they are they just not giving the opportunity to speak for people
1: to speak yeah I think that it's more like that like nobody's outright saying like you can't talk here but if there's not like if somebody who's the lead mod has a stronger relationship with someone else they're going to like default to them. So they're going to say, you know, so and so can you answer this question? And then maybe one other moderator will speak up, you know, whoever's like faster to unmute. And then then they're moving on to the next person. And so what that creates inside me sometimes when I'm on a list of like, 40 people up there, like trying to get my two seconds of talking. um, I'm like, Oh, my gosh, when is there a quiet moment? When can I add value? You know what I mean? And it's too stressful for me. I'm like, I could probably get the same 40 to a hundred followers if I just open my own room. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I yeah. love that I'm supporting them. I love that I'm like creating this big room. I love that I'm in a big room, but I'm like, man, like, I want a voice too, and so, but I also know that on the flip side, there might be people that are just like, I'm just happy to do the dishes while while I'm in this room and get four followers today. So you know, Mm -hmm. know what you're there for, like you know. And there has been times where I've literally done my dishes while modding a room because I'm like, well, I you know, there's 50 of us here. Like, let me just go ahead and do my dishes. You know what I mean? Yes. You know, Um, but um, yeah, I think I think that. We need to also really think about what's. I can't do that forever. I can't do like four followers a day forever being on these big stages, spending hours and hours and hours in a room because those ones that have like so many moderators, they also go on for hours and hours mm-hmm. and hours. Right. Um, and so it's a big time investment for a small gain. So we need to re- really start looking at like, you know, the time we're spending on the app. What's the gain, Right. Mm-hmm. Known for it, you know. Because right. I've heard of some people, they're like, well, I'm in big rooms all the time, but I haven't made a dollar on Clubhouse. And I'm like, well, that's because people are confused, too. You know, like you're on a mod squad. You know, all of you sell similar products in the same kind of like niche-ish areas. So maybe they heard you talked and then went to someone else's website and bought something. Like you just never know. So you got to have also a little bit of both, right? A little bit of the fame game and a little bit mm-hmm. of the... Like this is me. I'm here. I'm gonna go and actually open a room and see if if my personal brand can actually bring people in. And real mm-hmm. we'll test of it all, right? If people are following yeah. you, like I think, you know, that's something to be be brave. Do that.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, this has been such a great conversation, and like we said before, we hopped on. I'm sure that there will constantly be updates on this that we'll be talking about as. Clubhouse continues to quickly change and I'm sure there will be lots of changes. I don't know. I've heard like whispers that Android may be like around the corner soon. I don't know. Date, like, I don't know, dates and times, but I've heard the whispers. And so um, if you, if you're on Clubhouse right now, it's so important to get in there and get active. And one thing though, I will say, and I said this to you when we were in a room if, you've, if Clubhouse is being too overwhelming for you, like, it's okay to take a step back. And the one thing I loved about Clubhouse, because I was forced to take a month off due to being sick, I didn't get penalized in the algorithm for it. Like, I came right back in to exactly where I was because I had been active. I mean, I hopped on here and there just to listen, Um, but that's one beautiful thing. Like Instagram, if you get off for a month, you're like punished and rebuilding everything, but clubhouse doesn't punish you. So use clubhouse in a way that feels good to you and it's becoming an added value to you. And don't just be a passive listener that's spending hours on there. Just listening. If you're going to use clubhouse and use it for your business, like step up to the plate and the stage and speak.
1: Yes. Yes. That's it. That's exactly (laughs) it.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on the show again today. If people want to reach out to you, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, you can find me at Annabelle byhan on Clubhouse and Instagram. My website is AnnabelleBaihan.com. And if you're interested in growing your business on Clubhouse, just text the word Clubhouse to 33777.
0: And I have a Clubhouse bio builder that is in the link of my Instagram bio. So if you want to get that, it kind of tells you how to lay out your bio builder as well. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Busy Years Podcast. If you loved this episode, would you take a screenshot and share it on your favorite social media platform? If you're over on Instagram, I would love for you to tag us at the busy years podcast and tag me at Michelle Ann Hagen. I would also love if you could leave a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this episode by doing that it helps me to be able to create other amazing episodes just like this and help get the word out about this podcast I would love to connect with you over on Instagram or Facebook and you can find me at Michelle Ann Higgin Or you can join our Facebook community called the Busy Years Podcast Community. You can find that located on my Facebook page. Or if you head to the link in my Instagram bios, you will be able to connect to us there. I can't wait to be able to meet you and you put a face to the listener. We'll see you next time, my friends. Hey, Mama, did you need someone to remind you that you are worthy of your dreams? that you can take action in the middle of motherhood, I just wanted to pop in and give you another reminder, friend, that you got this. You can do this in the middle of motherhood, no matter how busy the years get.